From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Ben McClanahan and this is FT News. And I'm joined by my colleague Alistair Gray to discuss uh, what's been a pretty mediocre second quarter earnings season from the big US banks. Uh, All the analyst notes that have come out since the numbers seem to favour words like solid, stable, resilient. There's really not too much to get excited about, is there, Alistair? Or is is there more positive news from from some some of the retail banks? Well, let's be clear, we're, we're still very much in an environment of, of rock bottom interest rates, persistently low rates. And, and the big driver of retail bank profits is the margin between what they, they charge borrowers and the cost of their own funds. And that's still very much under pressure. At City, for instance, they were came in, I think it was about 2.86%. And that's down not very much, but it's, it, it's going in the wrong direction. It needs to be going up. And this is you the know, net interest margin. The net interest margin, yeah. The banks are doing more lending, um, so they're adding loans. But mm-hmm. in spite of that, the actual total net interest income in many cases is still falling. Right. So, so can they increase loans fast enough to compensate for that? Well, they're all certainly trying. Wells Fargo, for instance, added ten billion in the second quarter. They're pushing into credit cards, mortgages, mm-hmm. you name it. They're doing it. And actually, you know, the low interest rates do have an important, sometimes kind of not not overlooked but maybe this doesn't get enough attention as it should that you know there is a positive side to low interest rates which is right. the relief that they give borrowers looking at jp morgan's uh, mortgage business i think that the, the charge off rate was in, it was was it was already very very low but in the second quarter it was 0.08% so is this an unusual credit cycle then with with rates uh, where they are because normally after 6 or 7 years of any any credit cycle things begin to turn delinquencies begin to rise um, credit quality worsens the banks take losses are, are we not nearing that stage now well there's not much sign though that interest rates are going to rise anytime soon I mean, they're going to stay on, the Fed's going to keep them on hold when they meet later this month, almost certainly. You know, they might tick them up a few, a few, a bit um, in the in the months, years ahead. But I don't think anyone's suggesting that we're going to see a, a ramp up in, in rates. So these credit card portfolios or perhaps the car loans in particular, where there has been slightly shady behavior, hasn't it, at the bottom end? The, are, are they starting to look a little bit ragged around the edges? There have been signs of stress, particularly, as you say, in the auto portfolios. Um, although the banks have been careful on all the, a lot of the earnings calls to, to stress that they're still very much focusing on uh, prime, super prime yeah. customers. Yeah. So that's retail banking, Ben. What about the institutional sides of things? How, how is that going? Yeah, well, that wasn't much better, was it? Um, it's been a, a pretty desperate six months, all told. The, the, the first quarter was, was horrible uh, with fears over China and plunging oil and simultaneous collapses in stocks and bonds. Uh, things improved in February and March, but um, coming off that uh, pretty horrible base, there, there was some modest improvement in the second quarter, uh, but not a lot. Year over year, the figures are still uh, not flattering uh, to the big investment banks. And the broader picture, of course, is is, is still one of uh, shrinkage. No matter, no matter what the banks do, um, to they've all been cutting assets, of course. But um, the fundamental drivers on some of their key businesses, like uh, bond trading, equity trading, they're all you know pressing down returns. Uh, there was a nice stat from our from our friends at the Wall Street Journal, uh, who who pointed out that since two thousand and ten, uh, all told, in in the first half. Uh, you've got collapses in revenues, even at JP Morgan of 10%. You've got Bank of America minus 35%, Citi 26%, Goldman Sachs 34%. The only one of the big banks to actually increase revenues over that period is Wells Fargo, which came through the crisis in pretty good shape and was allowed by the regulator to buy things. A lot of focus in the immediate aftermath of the results and how, how much how much better they, they were than, than, than expected. 
Yeah, but you've got to look back um, on on the 1st of January this year. Take take Goldman Sachs, for example. The second quarter consensus earnings per share estimate from all the analysts, all the smartest guys out there, was 399. And I think they came in, if my memory serves, at 372 for the second quarter. And of course, that was way ahead of this massively pared down forecast of 309. So yeah, it's good news that it beat the the really beaten down forecast. But um, over the longer picture, it's still one of deteriorating profits of the big Wall Street banks. So Ben, to what extent do you think these results tell us about the the underlying um, shape of the, these businesses? Are the difficulties simply cyclical or is there some kind of structural problem here? Well, this is the existential debate happening in, in every boardroom of every Wall Street bank. Uh, at a place like Morgan Stanley, they're very much in the um, structural camp. They've been trying to uh, reduce their bond trading unit, which used to account for about 40% of revenues at the peak. Uh, it's now much, much less than that. And they've deliberately taken mes- measures over the past few years to to pair uh, to pair headcount and to reduce uh, risk weighted assets in that unit, and they're firmly of the view that this is a you know a structural thing. It's not really coming back. Goldman Sachs, on the other hand, thinks we can just ride through this. Uh, it's taken limited measures to cut headcount. Uh, this year's cutting of a of a net five percent uh, was was drastic by Goldman standards. Uh, I think the fixed income unit had had cuts of closer to ten percent. But it's always uh, thinking the glass is half full and that we're, we're about to be poised for a rebound and that the banks that have um, preserved the muscle uh, during this tough period will be poised to benefit. And what about the impacts of, of Brexit? It seems a bit confusing, frankly, just what, what exactly these kind of big macro events or volatility in the financial markets actually means for investment banks. Some people will tell you that, you know, it's kind of stops clients from trading because of the uncertainty. Others will tell you that the volatility is actually quite good. What, what's what's going on? Yeah, I think um, you, you're right. The, the messages are very mixed from the investment banks. Uh, in the last quarter, they, they talked about um, how the, the uncertainty in the run-up to the Brexit vote caused clients to put off uh, big decisions about raising capital or doing big deals. But they also p- pointed out that in, in the in the days after the Brexit vote, there was an enormous surge of volatility, of, of sort of good volatility, uh, bets against you know, the weakness in sterling, for example, which um, drove up uh, revenues from trading from that particular Period. So, so it's always swings and roundabouts. But if if you're challenging investment banks for the lack of ability to to see through what Brexit means, I don't think they're the only ones. Uh, the European Central Bank today was sort of muddling along, um, saying it needs more time to assess the impact of Brexit. And of course, we may not see Brexit ever. Uh, the, the earliest case scenario could be at least a couple of years away. And how's the second half shaping up? Well, you, you talked about interest rates before. Um, it's all contingent on that, uh, at least for, for, for the big retail-focused banks. If we do get hikes, then, of course, that's great news. Um, consensus forecasts will come up. Credit quality, that's another vital thing to look at. Is it the case, uh, as the banks say, that the weakness in credit is limited to some of these car loans, to some of these uh, credit cards? Will oil continue to recover? The quarter just gone was notable for, for the, if not reversal of provisions. It, it was not building to any, anything like the same extent as as the first quarter. So that was another uh, tailwind for earnings. But um, just take a step back. Of course, all the forces, the structural forces we've just been describing, they'll still apply in the second half. They'll still apply next year. All right, Ben. Well, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.